Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Mark Immelman. Mark, good morning to you. Come on. The YouTube. Are, are you trying to get it? The old guy already? We have it. We'd like For sure. To the show. Hello. I was wondering if you were going to pick up on that. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Good to see you. KP is here. Kyle. Hello, sir. What up? I got it to uh, bounce a little bit early. I apologize for that, yes. uh, my homies. But uh, we got a lot to talk about in a, in a short amount of time. We're going to make good use of your time, and we're actually going to make good use of your wallet because if you'd like to purchase uh, First Cut gear, it's 20% off the rest of the year if you are watching on YouTube. There is a QR code. You can scan that. If you are watching or listening, there's a link in the description. Or if you just disregard all of that and go straight to the store, the code that you want, First Cut 20 at checkout gets you 20% off. You can stock up on all your goods with that infamous First Cut podcast logo on it. Gentlemen, we've got a cat alert. The cat tracker is... (laughs) has been enabled on this uh, aircat air one that's right on this tuesday morning because we found out or at least i found out yesterday uh this is via alan shipnuck hold on let me find the tweet here we go he says i'm hearing tomorrow's pga tour player meeting regarding live is going to be a banger his words not mine supposedly everything is on the table from major championship boycotts to monahan's future to a larger compromise and tiger woods is expected to fly in and provide some counsel maybe some bullying who knows we'll go along we'll find out as we go along kp the the jets the jets headed do we have any idea i mean that's that's a pretty wide range of topics that could be discussed in this meeting yeah it, it's you know it's interesting i was thinking about this for a long time this morning and i think tiger you know as a as a uh, as a player and as a person gets this label of being kind of like he does the backwards hat thing and he kind of walks around like a badass and there you go I feel cool and already. Yeah. He, he, so he, 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 it, 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 it almost gives, it almost gives off this vibe of like, I just, I kind of walk around like, like a badass and operating like that. When the reality and Mark can speak to this because he's watched him a ton over the course of his career as a player and as a person, he's actually very 
conservative. I, I don't mean politically. I don't know what his political position is, but I just mean the decisions that he makes, uh, the way he carries himself. He, he's never been one to sort of take up a cause, no matter what that cause uh, sort of was. I mean, you, you could argue like his the Tiger Woods Foundation, which has been great, but he's never been one to kind of be at the forefront of all that because he's been very protective of his career. And a lot of that, I think he saw as getting in the way of his career. And I'm talking about a wide range of causes that he could have taken up over the years. And so to me, part of this is him getting older and wanting to maybe be more of a leader in that sense, because his playing career has diminished a little bit. But the other thing this signals is that I think it's a really big deal because I don't think Tiger flies up to Delaware for the BMW. If they're just going to talk about, you know, what the, what the starting times are at Eastlake next week, right? Like this is not, this is substantial and I don't know what will come out of it. I don't know if anybody does. I don't know if anything even will come out of it, but Tiger being there is an even bigger deal than just, it the headline makes it seem like to me just because of the way he's carried himself over the course of his career. Mark, I'll, I'll put it this way. And I, I again, I, I have zero idea what's going to be said, what's going to be discussed. And if they're, as Kyle points out, if anything is going to come out of it, but it does feel like an important moment for the players who over the last couple of months have dealt with not only the rumors of who's going, but who actually leaves. Now we have lawsuits in which is naturally pitting one side against another. There is further more speculation of, of golfers that might leave after the tour championship or after the president's cup. And it feels like we're almost at a boiling point here, whether it's with the players who are going to say, Hey, we've got to figure out a compromise or we've got to just be all in against this. I don't know. It just feels like we're we're reaching a point where the the players are getting sick of this one way or another. Yeah. Um and at the risk of aging myself further, I've heard words like bounce for leave and banger of a meeting and backwards hat and uh, I'm just going dang 51 years not so young. And and, and I, I share that to say this. When I was a younger golfer coming up, uh, you know, I would look up to guys like Seve and Feldo and for me personally, David Frost and Gary Player and Jack Nicklaus and this sort of crowd. And when they spoke, and I was fortunate enough later in my life for them to speak to me, they swing a big bat. And what they said kind of became like gospel to me. In fact, to this day, Felder or Gary, whatever they say to me, I'm like, yeah, you can write that in stone. And for me, it's sort of hits me here in my soul, you know. And for all the current crop of players, Tiger is that guy. They all grew up with pictures of Tiger Woods on their wall. They all grew up watching Tiger play. They're all aspiring to Tiger's goals. They all talk about Tiger. They all wear the backwards hat like him. And, you know, some of them are playing on the other league, wear the black and red on the final day. And so this... So this is real. So when Tiger comes up and whether he's jovial in the meeting or or whether he's conservative and he tends that way, I'm with Carl, his fashion sense kind of leaves a lot to be desired with a white belt and the pleated jeans and stuff. <laughs> um, but when he talks golf, people listen, especially this crop of players. And when he comes into a player meeting and there's a 
PAC meeting too, the Player Advisory Council, with the new members on. Keith Mitchell, um, Sneds is on the uh, on the committee. There are a couple others that, that slipped my mind now because they've replaced GMAC and Casey and the boys that and Brooks who went over the the uh, pond a little bit. So. I don't know if Tiger will sit in that too. And then there's a, a players meeting at large Wednesday. So that's for all of the, the 70 guys that are there. It is real. And what you say is absolutely the tour going, okay, you're in or you're out now. And I think Woods is going to give the impassioned speech of the whole thing. He goes, when I turned pro, Arnold said to me, you you don't play for money, you play for legacy. And it's a, what, about what you leave behind and all this sort of stuff. And so I figure Tiger's going to do more. And maybe there'll be one or two guys who might be sitting on the fence, uh, another Cameron, um, won't use his last name, but you can figure it out, uh, to, to sort of say, there's hey, a lot of cameras. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. like a dozen guys, Mark. You didn't even really narrow it down all that well, much. Well, the, the one the one is vying for rookie of the year right right now. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. That the, the, these guys might kind of go, hmm, okay. Uh yeah, I get it. Cause right now everyone's blinded by money and social media. And it's it's all the conversation. I was sort of partially removed from it last week because we were calling the event just in feature groups and stuff. And you get wrapped up into that and you're not sort of in the broader base of all the conversation with the players and that sort of deal. But still, it's it's still this undercurrent that's sort of stirring around the tour right now. And it's, it, it, it's, it is part of every conversation. And it's now getting tiresome. And, and I feel like Woods may be that, that red line. That, that uh, I don't know if Commissioner Monaghan called him up, but I feel like Tiger could be the line in the sand guy. And he goes, all right, guys, this is it. You've got to decide where you are. And, and if I was advising you, and I'm talking kind of sternly as Tiger Woods right now, you need to make a smart decision. And that's kind of where we are with this move. What do you think, Kyle? Is that what it is? Hey, time time to pick sides. Let's go. We want to know one way or another. What what is what could possibly be on the table? Who does, right. who does, who does Jay Monaghan answer to, by the way? Yeah, I, that's a good question. Uh, I got a is lot there of a board? like I literally, I actually, I literally do not know. Like, is there yeah, a board? The board? Is it the players? Go the ahead. Players Mark. Advisory Committee. The, the players advisory committee. He, they, okay. They're kind of his bosses, if you will. Um, okay. But but you know, he's got a group of lieutenants he, he refers to. Um, I'm sure he's got uh, Tim Fincham on speed dial and Dean Beeman and a number of these guys that have his predecessors, if you will. So it's not like he's flying solo on this one, but he does answer to the players. And that's why he's going to be at the uh, players meeting from what I understand too. So he's going, he's also going to be there. I I was under the impression that there were, and this was, I think from an ESPN report, there were two meetings, one with him there and one without him there. He's going to be at the pack from what I'm led to believe. And there's a players meeting for all 70 tomorrow. Now, don't quote me on this, but I, I'm, I'd be certain he'd be there too. Okay. So I was, I was under the impression and this could be wrong because there's a lot of information flying around that tiger was going up to sort of a meeting of like the top 15 or top 25 guys or whatever without Monahan. And the thing that I don't know is in like, okay. So Mark, let's say, and maybe you don't know this either, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but let's say at the end of today, Rory and Tiger and all these guys, this is like a made up scenario. I'm not, I've not heard anything. I'm not reporting this. Let's just say they're like, man, Monaghan has not done a good job. He's out. Can they, like, how does, how does that like functionally work? Like, do you, do you have to like hold like a, 
vote? Do you like what, 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 how does it go from there? I would, I don't know for certain, but an educated guess would say that they would petition the Torah and say, we need a vote of no confidence to deal, to deal with this going forward. And then we'd go through the player advisory committee. And uh, then I don't know who it would be furnished to, but again, I'm guessing I'm sort of making a, an assumption as you are. But Cause I, I cause do. I don't, I don't think, I, I think what you're saying is right. I, I'm, I don't think the players can just like overthrow the, commissioner so to speak again this just is what, install himself as commissioner today yeah like i think there's a there's a process to where like okay this is what the players think but they also have to get and and this would not this would be like sort of a formality they have to they also have to get uh this committee on board or this person or whatever it's not just like the players hand in a you know like a scrap of paper and it's like here's what we here are our demands or whatever there's there's a formality to it I, man i don't uh, there's like the the talk of boycotting majors and just there's there's a lot of I think nonsensical things that are floating around. I think that the tour is moving toward a period of time where they are going to no longer be a nonprofit, like they're going to move to a for profit business model. I don't know if that's going to happen today. I don't know if that's going to happen five years from now. I don't know if it's going to happen at all. I think that is a direction that is being considered. And so I don't know if Tiger is kind of being brought in to, to like with alongside the players to sort of push for that because you create a for-profit business model. And I realize that has a ton of downstream implications that we've talked about, but it sort of, it 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 eliminates a lot of the messiness that's going on right now and what they have i mean the thing they have to do right now they got to like cam smiths and hideki matsuyamas who again have not gone to live yet you can't be losing those guys because those are the guys that are that are all of a sudden going to they're in major championships they're winning major championships and if if that type of guy and 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 it's become a little of a global thing um, where it's, I don't know that it's the villains tour. I called it that earlier on. It's more like a global tour now where guys from Australia are going and guys from South Africa are going. And I think some of that makes sense because the truth that the live tour is going presumably again, I don't know what you can and can't believe with them going to go all over the world. And so I sort of understand why they would do that, but you like the, the PGA tour, once you start losing guys like that, who are like currently winning major championships, then all of a sudden you're on a level, like live in the PGA tour become like on a more level playing field in terms of what their, what their product is. And you've had all these guys that have said, I'm going to go where the best players are. Well, if, if all of a sudden they're on a level playing field, it's not that far from the best players being at live. Right. And so that's the problem with losing guys like Cam Smith and Hideki and, you know, different top guys like that, that are global players that also win major championships. Um, I, I, just, just, just for me, um, because I've heard you banging this drum about for profit for a while now, Carl, I honestly don't understand why that would be beneficial. Can you help me understand that? Well, I think it eliminates so the for-profit thing, and I don't understand all the all the mechanics of this, but I think it eliminates this this um, uh, co- what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, independent contractor thing, to where you are just a 
an employee of, I don't know how you would set it up differently, but you would be an employee of either a team or the tour itself or whatever, because right now there, it, it eliminates a lot of the, uh, like if, 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 if the tour is a for-profit organization, and again, I don't know like specifically how this wor- would work and they have full-time, like you, you work at this organization, you're not an independent contractor. It would eliminate all the nonsense about, well, you can also go work over there and getting sued by live and, and live trying to argue that you can, you should be able to play at both places because you are an independent contractor. I still don't see Rick, um, because the, the issue for the commissioner right now is his membership. Like these guys have gone and taken the big dollars. Now, let's say down the road, everyone's like, oh, we've got to play nice and you've got to welcome the folks back. How do you justify that with your current membership who towed the tour line for the longest time? So, so that's where I, I, I just I think we passed that at that tipping point already. I think we will pass that. It's now time to let this thing play out in courts and just to, you know, maintain as much as you possibly can. There's still going to be one or two folks that go. But the funny thing about this all is, is that I have heard now from a few agents that a few players have petitioned Liv and Liv goes, nah, no thanks. Not interested in you. But if Cam Smith shows up, yeah, we'll make a little space and create some dollars for him. So there's there's all a whole lot of conjecture on the go right now. But I feel like we are past playing nice because of just what's happened and the folks that have left and taken money. Hey, I Rick, the thing... Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this, Rick, because you never get to talk here. But the thing that people have been talking about a lot is like, and that people have been saying this for months now. It's like, man, why why don't they just sit down at a table and talk and compromise? Mm-hmm. And my question has been, man, what is that? What does that even look like? Because there's a there's a scarcity of um, talent, right? And so you're, you're battling for this like talent. And then what do you, what does it look like to compromise with an organization that has been fairly public about saying we're, we're trying, maybe not public, I think in private has said, we're trying, we want to decimate you. You wouldn't talk to us when we initially tried to come into the golf ecosystem, we're going to destroy you. What is, what does compromise even look like in that situation? I don't think there will be a compromise. If we want to play the game of what what does it look like, um, I don't know. Could you could you envision a scenario in which uh, in which the PGA Tour and Live Golf says, okay, if you want to play on both of these tours, you have to play an equal number of events on both tours every year? Could you see that? Would players want to do that? Would players care to do that? Not with some of this. Come on. But but they're but they're not going to end up playing less, Mark. That's 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 a line to that's a line that they're saying. So they're not saying we took a hundred million dollars. They're going to play as much, if not more. So what is there a scenario? But again, when one when one organization is offering guaranteed money, there is not an incentive to even keep your tour card, which is why the PGA Tour has to put up as strict as strong boundaries as possible and be as aggressive as they can be because they they do not have the upper hand here which is why Kyle I think there's a million wrinkles of this but the turning yourself into a for-profit company allowing a creating a players union um would at least keep you legally bound to one organization over another which is yeah and that solves way to retain solves, players that solves one of like 25 problems correct there's like right? yeah, there's 30 other things that i'm worried about yeah and so 
you know, I think the the thing that's interesting right now is, you know, a lot of a lot of smart people that I follow and like have said like, hey, the PJ Tour is the underdog here, and I think in in some ways that's strangely true. It it doesn't feel true, but I think it it is true. But the place where they're not the underdog is in revenue, right? PJ Tour is going to make. billion in revenue this year. I was thinking about this this morning. Live golf is going to make zero. (laughs) Like, like their, their revenue, not even talking like net profit, but just their revenue is going to be nothing. It's going to be, it's going to be a fraction of ticket sales that most tickets were given away for eight events a year. But with creative bookkeeping, you can get the money coming from the government into the live league. You could put that in the revenue column if you want. And then they, well, put, they, they, then you got sure. the they, good they've sold, got huh? money to spend, right? Yeah. They've got, they've got funds, but literally like generating revenue is going to be very close to not, zero. Not zero. And so, and so the question is, I, I, I've actually sort of come around on the fact that I, I do believe that live golf the organization wants to be a, a business. I, I've come around to, to believing that the public investment fund is not in the business of creating businesses that don't, that don't make money, like that lose a ton of money. And so you've got this $1.5 billion head start on live. And I think my question is, because we keep talking about how the, 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 public investment fund has unlimited money, which is true. But as, as a business organization, they're not, they're not making anything. I mean, there's a, there was a good uh, golf digest article last week by Dan Rappaport and Joel Beal. And if you read between the lines, it's like, we're making $0 basically. They don't have a TV contract. They're not, it doesn't seem like they're on the verge of getting one in the near future, or at least a good one. They don't sell tickets. They don't, I mean, and they keep talking about how like, okay, well, teams, teams are going to save us. Like they're, they're, we're going to create these billion dollar teams. And it's like, maybe I do believe, I actually have come around to believe deeply that teams is a, can be a great source of revenue because you've got, and this was laid out in that article, you've got billionaires that want to, be close to Phil Mickelson and own a team that Phil Mickelson plays for. Go ahead, Rick. Those teams already exist, Kyle, but they they exist in a way that doesn't necessarily feed itself into the PGA. There is team TaylorMade. There is team Callaway. Like these these teams already exist. They just like the PGA Tour does not necessarily see all the benefits of the teams because it lives outside their ecosystem. Live yeah, moves so, those teams inside the ecosystem. Totally. And and so my my I guess my point here is like the PGA Tour is I think a little bit the underdog if you look at the kind of the overall metrics and whatever, but they do still have some advantages. And I think that like they can leverage some of those advantages to where they're not making a billion and a half dollars a year. They're making 2 billion or 3 billion or, 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 and, and they've got, you know, if you believe like their projections, they, they would say that they're kind of on that trajectory. Um, and I think you can, maybe this is dumb and maybe I like, don't know what I'm talking about. I think you can like outlast them as a, as a business organization, if you play your cards right, right now, like do the teams thing weigh in on that, on that being a revenue source. Maybe, maybe one of the complaints I've heard from fans, like global fans recently is like, Hey, I live in Ireland. You know, who never comes to Ireland, the best players in the world. 
man, maybe create a little bit of like a globe globalness to the PGA tour that makes guys, Australians think twice about not, uh, and, and I realize I'm throwing out suggestions that are insanely difficult to implement in a billion and a half dollar organization. But I do think there are things that they can do and should do in the near future to maintain their advantage, their lead on live golf as it stands right now. The other wrinkle in this Mark is, um, Cam Smith withdrew from the BMW championship. Uh, This is a quote from his agent, Bud Martin, who says, unfortunately, Cam will be unable to compete in the BMW championship this week in Wilmington, Delaware. He has been dealing with some on and off hip discomfort for several months and thought it would be best to rest this week in his pursuit of the FedEx Cup. Um, Obviously, the... The red stringers of golf Twitter want to say that this meeting and this WD are in some way related, but I thought it was worth noting that the number two player in the world who has been highly um, rumored to go to live uh, is is going to take a week off and potentially play in, in Eastlake. I learned from Evan Priest, um, Australian who's close to Cam, lives down there in uh, Jacksonville, uh, the Ponte Vedra area, caught up with uh, Nick Catterall, who's uh, Cam's trainer, and said, what's the story here? Um, and the word is that last week he was struggled, started struggling with sciat- basically sciatica, and he's been just been on and off for a while with him. And um, it, it sounded sort of you know it sounds lame for the real sports, and this is something for your book, Carl, your your normal sport too, is that when you're walking around on zoysia, the the grass is spiny, so your feet sort of move all of the time, and so you're almost walking on a moving floor. And if if you badden your ankles or your calves or, or stuff, it can't catch up with you after four days of walking. And the course is wet too, so apparently this aggravated and flared up the hip, and so they just figured the only way you um, calm down this inflamed nerve, because that's what the sciatic nerve is, is just by taking time off your feet. And so I think the calculations were made. And I don't mean to sound like I got my head in the clouds here. I'm aware of what the conversation on the ground is. But if you rest that, then you come back in decent shape for the Tour Championship. And and precedent has sort of shown here in this uh, BMW over the years that, you know, you take the week off perhaps and you don't really lose much ground. So, I mean, Cam, what's currently three or whatever he might be? Let's say he loses a couple, three spots. Then he's six. What's that, a stroke? Or two? I don't know what the graduated scoring system is off the top of my head. So he was like, all right, I'll just take this week off, relax, rest, and then hopefully come back strong next time. Because he, he was playing well. He certainly was, but sort of faded over the weekend. Um, and so the sciatic nerve, the issues is what's been blamed. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, Jack Ryan pointed this out on Twitter. Webb Simpson did the same thing uh, two years ago. He was third or he was, I don't know, fourth and dropped a fifth or third and dropped a fourth, whatever it was mm-hmm. to, to me, it's not, uh, I think that was the one at Olympia, Olympia fields, Mark, that Webb skipped. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's, it won't be earth shattering though. I'm glad you brought that up because I've, I've seen this happen in the past before. Yeah. To me, it's not a huge deal other than it's either extraordinarily coincidental or cam is like, yeah, Tiger's coming up. These twenty guys are getting together. I'm, I'm good. I'm out. Uh, ben, Ben Coley was talking about that on Twitter earlier, and I was like, that, that's a pretty good take. Uh, so, but when did the players then, to your, to, to your point there, when did the players find out about this Tiger meeting? Because there was no wind of this stuff last week, and I feel like I've got my ear pretty close to the ground. 
I think I don't know. Okay. Because he was uh, yeah, here before Monday, didn't he? I mean, it was done pretty quickly. I thought it was like Monday, Monday morning. morning. Yeah, yeah, Monday morning. So I don't know. That that might it, it, it'd be a pretty big coincidence, but that is certainly uh, certainly in play. Hey, Troy, <laughs> he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to be hanging around there with Tiger Woods in a group of the PGA guys. Of course, he wouldn't. No, but I think yeah, that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Hey, Troy, there's a comment from. Uh, I was reading through these. Probably shouldn't have been, but. There's a comment from, oh, I can't find it now. It says, uh, oh, it's from John Smith at 1225. Could you pull this up, Troy? Or Rick, whoever's pulling uh, comments. The one that says so much hate on Liv, but at the same time suggesting PGA should just copy everything Liv does. Ha ha. That one? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think, Rick, you and I have, have been pretty consistent on pointing out what, yeah, there we go. Thank, thanks, Troy. We've been pretty consistent on pointing out what, all of us actually like, Hey, live, this is actually a good idea. And I like this and I like that. I, I think we have a really hard time in 2022 of saying like, Hey, I don't really love this overall, but here's some like good aspects of it. Like everything has to be so binary of like, I hate this, which means, which means I hate everything about it. That's not true. I don't like live. I don't want it to succeed. I think the whole idea is not great for the future of golf, but man, the teams thing I did not see coming. I'm way in on uh, some of the way they, I actually w- like the shotgun start stuff. I, I wish I didn't, but I kind of do like there, there's a bunch you of and stuff. I need to do it. Sure. Let, let, let's have a chat off the show about that. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. that's fine. Cool with the teams, but the shotgun starts through. As a viewer, I appreciate the shotgun start because five hours instead of 15 a day. And I, like as a player, I understand like why that is goofy and like you wouldn't want that or whatever. I'm just I'm just talking about it as a viewer, as a fan of golf. So yeah, I don't love live, but I like several of the things that they've implemented. And I wish the PGA Tour would have done them ten years ago. So there we go. I liked the draft, but I think they've done away with that. But that was they, they had like half a draft. It was like not even a full draft. Yeah, some of the teams were already set, which is a little wonky. <laughs> yeah, I struggled to uh, spell some team player names well when they introduced them on the big board behind them. The, the yeah. graphics department needs a second set of eyes to check out the typos for sure. Um, all right, KP, I got to get you out of here, bud. You've got some some other commitments. So Kyle Porter available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. KP, always a pleasure. We'll talk soon. See you guys. All right. We'll uh, we'll transition this to this week's BMW Championship, and we will go through the best bets, the top tens, the sleepers, the one and done, which we've got the man at the top of the mountain. He's looking down on everybody. We'll see how that wraps up after the BMW Championship. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. Let's. <laughs> that scared me. I didn't know we were doing a live ad there, Mark. I, that, I thought it was just a, a regular quick one second break. Apparently, that was the real deal. <laughs> it was cool. I'll be looking out for that. <laughs> that scared me. Uh, all right. Uh, best bets. This is where we go over to Caesar Sportsbook. We scour every square inch of that website and we come out with the best possible options. Uh, Mark, Kyle and I are actually on a similar page here. He went with Cam Davis to finish inside the top 20. I found a nationality bet, which I thought you might enjoy. Cam I couldn't Davis- find any. I mean, I'm getting the wrong link. Yeah, so I would have went for that sort of stuff too. I saw the top 20 bet. I'm like, dang, I didn't see any of those. Anyway. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to get you the right link. I went Cam Davis, top Aussie. So Kyle and I very much in on Davis, who's been phenomenal the last handful of weeks. Yeah, look, he really has, and and this and and it's a time of the year where you look at golf courses and you look at history there and stuff like that. But it's all about momentum now. The guys playing well, the guys whose games are traveling, the guys who are feeling confident. You, the only thing you got going for you if you don't have a lot of game and you're playing. We don't feel confident enough is that with a short field, there's a very small block of tea time. So there's more practice time before and after. But the guys who played well last week, they're going to play well this week and so on and so forth. You, you can pretty well start to telegraph, in my opinion, what happens down the stretch. Well, uh, you have opted – uh, to back our defending champion, not this golf course, but technically our defending champion. You've got Patrick Cantlay over Scotty Scheffler. You got it even money. Mark, you're not excited about the way Scotty's playing, or would you just like like to uh, put your bucks behind Patrick Cantlay here? No, it's a little of the former and a little of the latter. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I there, there was a bet, uh, Ram over Rory. I was going to go Ram over Rory too for like plus 120 or something like that because Rory – to me last week and we had him in a few a few times in feature groups coverage there were flashes flashes of it there and then there was a wicked two-sided miss going on and you could see he wasn't completely sharp with a golf swing and then he gained some traction there in the second round i was like all right we're back but then he just missed some putts and stuff and couldn't really build on it and ends up missing the cut by one i believe i don't know this for a fact i didn't ask him but rory would have loved to get two more rounds under pressure just to get a real barometer on where the golf swing in the game was. Because pre- preparing at home and versus playing under pressure are two wildly different things. Um, so I considered that for a minute. But yeah, I did. The way Scheffler looked sort of scrappy to me and he fought back and he tried valiantly to make the cut. But Cantley is just looking very complete right now. I know to me, last week's event was one of those professional things where the pros go, you know, I'm close. Uh, I played a lot better than my score. I honestly believe that was some of it. And he's just swinging it beautifully, striking the ball well. Distance control is impeccable. And on this golf course, which I've been to for a a corporate outing I hosted, um, it's long. But uh, And big, big, big greens. And so I feel like you're going to have to hit your irons well when you're playing from the fairway. It's up his alley, and and he's got that putting stroke that's sort of long to short, and he, he sort of dies balls around the hole on mm. bent grass greens. That really works, and so I feel like uh, I give him the edge over Scotty Scheffler. Patrick Cantlay over Scotty Scheffler plus one hundred. Uh, Mark, when I leave when I leave a putt, you know, 12, 24 inches short, I say, ah, oh, I was just trying to die it in there. I'm a real. Di-. I try to come up with all these excuses, right? I just got to figure out the speed. I, I can't putt like Patrick can't like it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you have my old man stuff again. Um, Bobby Jones, you know, he's my hero, right? Um, yeah. And Jones always said, 
that you've got to allow the hole to play wider. He talked about turning three strokes into two, and that means hitting quality wedges and allowing the ball to drip around the hole so it falls in. And then you add to that a great golfer's historian in Ben Crenshaw made the best statement to me I think I've ever heard at Augusta National. And we were talking about putting, and he was talking about how he tries to strike it in one part of the face to have the ball come off a certain way. That's how in-depth he gets with quality of contact. He goes, I try and have the ball topple or fall into the hole like a drunk sailor. And I could so perfectly imagine a drunk sailor falling into a hole. I'm like, I am like that. I'm going to use it. And I believe on fast undulating greens, that's kind of the way you need to go. All right. Well, that's what we're going to get this week in Wilmington. Let's move on to some longer shots. Our sleepers. Kyle has backed up his Cam Davis top 20 while installing him as his sleeper for this week. Mark, I went with Taylor Pendrith. Um, Obviously playing very well. I want to be able to see that distance come into play off the tee, maybe get dialed in on some of those wedges, see if he can roll the rock well enough. He's 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 like one of the few guys who, who is fresh at this point in the year, right? He's only played a couple of starts since he came back from the rib injury. Yeah, he did. And and that's a fantastic pick, um, in my opinion. I'm going with Adam Scott's. For various reasons. I, I think his golf game is really trending right now. He looks like he's gaining more and more traction on the greens. Um, he's picked up power. Mentioned to me he's he's like 10 yards longer. Yeah. Um, he's been fiddling around with driver shots and finally dialed it in. And so he's driving it long. He's feeling confident. And I feel like he wants to make a statement to Captain Trevor. You know, with the uh, with the selections for the President's Cup being um, finalized at the end of the event to say, I'm here. You don't need to waste a pick on me. I'm in your top eight and I'm there for my 10th President's Cup in Charlotte in a few months time. Yeah, though. So Adam Scott plus uh, 5,000, that's 50 to one. Cam Davis, 55 to one. Taylor Pendrith, 70 to one. Now we turn our attention to the first page of the leaderboard. And Mark, you like that guy who just uh, bested everybody last week, Will Zalatoris. I mean, I just want to hug that guy when I see him because I've I've been there for two of his missteps and two playoffs. And I remember having to go up to guy and going, Thankfully, I didn't have to interview him because that's the worst interview ever to ask for. Just to say, man, tough luck, you know, great going, you'll get it. But you say that stuff kind of empty and then he goes, yeah, thanks very much. And when you say you'll get yours, you never really know if you'll get yours. And for a long time, Rick, it didn't really look like he was going to. But man, did he show some stuff. And like having to pitch out and play back into the fairway in a playoff hole and then getting that thing up and down. That's what I say to you guys all the time. If you want to win, you have to make putts coming down the stretch. I'm not discounting ever that striking the ball is important. It's hugely important, but you have to make putts. And he did, and he made them regularly. And you could see the reaction to the one where it's like, what are they going to say now? Mm -hmm. He's playing with his chip on his shoulder. Now he's got some confidence. Now he's got one under the belts. You know, I, I, I wanted to go with a winner, but you know me, I always shy away from that stuff. I wouldn't be surprised at all. If he's contending Sunday afternoon, it's Will Zalator's top 10 for Mark. I went with JT Poston, who is not, at, I don't want to say he's not as long off the tee as you think, but he's not as short as you think. He's been very average, which is great. And he is uh, trending in the right direction. Uh, and Mark, I can lump these two together because Kyle's top 10 is your pick to win. So a little synergy here for big hunky Tony Finau. <laughs> 
I'm going to reference PGA Tour Live again. And I, and, and I love it because I get to watch these guys for 18 holes. Mm-hmm. And it's not on the weekend when the adrenaline is surging more times than not. And we had Tony on Thursday morning and we had Tony on Friday afternoon or the other way around. And not only was he striking it beautifully, he just never looked phased, just like I've seen him when I called his win at 3M. And then he made these four up and ins from not easy spots in Bermuda Rough, where I don't know what round it is, but he pitched the thing. I think collectively, Rick, I might have talked about this in the previous podcast. He had four pitch shots. Collectively, I think he had four and a half, maybe five feet left to save. So it was pitch up to a foot, pitch up, chip up to a foot. And, and I looked at this guy, I'm like, who are you? This is not Tony Finau. And you add that skill around the greens with a confidence, with the way he's swinging it right now. He's got the shot with a driver where he just tees it down and he squeezes the slow fairway finding fade out there. He's got it going on, man. And he is super confident right now. I'm, I, I'd bet the ranch on him. I would. Yeah, he's um, he's becoming a little savvy pick to potentially win the FedEx Cup, getting hot at the right mm-hmm. time, earning all those points, getting it, getting the job done. Kyle went with Matt Fitzpatrick, who's just been awesome all year long, sixteen to one for Matt Fitzpatrick. And Mark, I went with that that Cam Rookie of the Year candidate guy that you that you referenced a little bit earlier. It's Cam. It's Cam Young, and this is this is the stat guy. Right. I mean, he gained nine strokes off the tee and on approach last week. Second to only Will Zalatoris lost five and a half strokes putting. And you know it, Mark, he's a, he's a good putter. So I'm not asking for all that much for just just find a little bit of a warm flat stick and see what you can do around Wilmington Country Club. No, maybe there's that in- impetus too. Um, you know, because he and Will were roommates and they I remember calling them final round of the PGA Championship in Tulsa. They were playing alongside each other and Will was kind of like the star in the group. And Cam just hung around under the radar and was leading the event going up to 16th. The 70th hole he was leading, but made double. Hmm. Um, So maybe there's that thing where Will was playing with a chip on his shoulder to prove to people that he could make putts when it meant something. Maybe Cameron Young goes, ah, Will, I used to beat you in college because here I come. So, so, so I, can, I can jump on your, your I can jump aboard your, uh, your bandwagon there with Young. I can. Young, Fitzpatrick, Finau for the win, which leaves us with just one final thing to do. Arguably the most important thing to do. Not arguably, it is the most important thing. <laughs> Our one and done selections. We'll do those, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And we're back. Uh, All right, I was nervous. I didn't want to get jumped on on that one. Um, Okay, so we've got this event, 2.7 million for first. We've got next week, Tour Championship. We have a close race brewing at the top, but we're going to start at the bottom where we always do. And by my quick glance... One, two, three, four, five, six. We have seven different golfers across eight different selections. So there's a lot of lone wolf opportunities Mm. out there, Mark. Um, The fans and Sia Najad have gone with the same golfer. 
That is Joaquin Neiman. So C is in last, but Mark, those fans, those pesky fans have been closing the gap. 1.3 million off the lead. It's it's Joaquin Neiman for them. Okay, I can speak fondly to Joaquin uh, because I had him last week. And <laughs> he was playing awesome. He, he made a triple bogey and a double bogey and I think finished, what, four back or five back or whatever. He was close. But he just, every so often I turned around. Now, I wasn't watching. I was kind of doing maybe what some of my first cut colleagues do where you're watching it online and shot link and stuff like that. So I'm watching data like you fools do. And every so often he hit this ball to kingdom come. I mean, like off the tee, like to, to 320 yards to unknown or whatever your podcast is called. I I, like, yeah, they're, they're getting longer. I have to change the name of the podcast from 300 to like 330. These guys are getting longer. Yeah, so so every so often he's cruising along there, made a few birdies, and then he just hits one off the planet or has a three-putt. I mean, on the final round there, he's cruising. He's just birdied 10 or 11, and he hits it in the rough on 12, left bunker, makes double bogey. So the game is there, but he's not completely sharp just yet. Now, hopefully for his sake, he gets sharp this weekend. But for me, the verdict on Joaquin is out a little bit, and I was glad that he came through with, I don't know, 14th or something for me last week. I, I won't even we'll, – we'll go back to the other people here. But, Mark, you, you, you have dropped the hammer here. You've uh, you've done your due diligence. You have not used John Rom to this point, and you're going to use him right now? Yeah, and that's why, fans, all these guys saying, oh, Mark has missed so many cuts. He, he was leading by three million after four, blah, 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 all the rest of it. It was the discipline of going with guys like Maverick McNeely and all those sorts of guys in the fall. So you can save these bullets till when they hand out big checks. And yeah, I didn't use Ram in the major. I was tempted at the open. I really was. But I was like, nah, I got my plan and I'm going to be disciplined just like any tournament golfer should be. You have to stick to your plan and you only deviate if things are um, kind of going wrong. And I, they weren't really going wrong for a while, so I could hold on to this. John Rahm for Mark. The fans and Sia have gone with Joaquin Neiman. Jacob, who is just the tiniest bit ahead of coach, has gone with Cam Young. Coach himself. He's out of bullets. <laughs> yeah, trying to ride a little uh, Brian Harmon magic the rest of the way here. Uh, Greg has gone with Victor Hovland. I've gone with Tom Kim. And Kyle has gone with Cam Davis. So a pretty good, a pretty good combination of golfers for this week. Yeah, they really are. I mean, I could make a case for Hovland. Uh, uh, Tom Kim must be playing on fumes right now, Rick. I'm sorry. Um, I, I thought and, the same thing three weeks ago. <laughs> he's only 20-something. Um, but I tell you what, Brian Harmon, that dude is afraid of nobody. And he was paired alongside, oh, I'm going to have a moment now and forget. Uh, final round was Finau. Mm, final yes, round in Memphis, paired alongside Finau. And I could have gathered all of you guys and said, I bet you that Harmon would uh, shoot lower than Finau on the day and you all would have taken the bet and lost money because he is a gamer, man, and he's up for it. So, so, so I'm keen to see what he does this week because he is playing pretty well right now. Yeah, he is. And we've seen him kind of get hot and heat up for a couple weeks in a row. So that's coach's pick, Brian Harmon. Lots of money on the line, Mark. We'll see how it all shakes out. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here for the BMW Championship? Yeah, Rory, come on, find some game for the for Eastlake. I wouldn't have put the exclamation point on this thing. I'm also interested to see. So Rom is like in 15th right now. And I'm interested to see if he can find a way to give himself a chance when we get to Eastlake. You don't want to be too far back. 
Well, look, I remember on this very show, I'd been critical of the way he was swinging it. I thought the driver's downswing was getting too narrow and he was a little inconsistent and and he was just reactionary to everything. I mean, it seemed like every shot he hit was getting moaned about. But last week, there was a lot of promise and he had some time off and I feel like he and uh, and Dave Phillips is instructor of Ironed Out stuff. So, yeah, I think this is a big week for Ram to get himself closer to uh, – to, to the reckoning really for Eastlake. Yeah, currently 14th. So we'll see if he can move himself uh, closer, get a couple shots back before we tee it up next week at the Tour Championship. Okay, uh, round by round recaps coming after each and every round of the BMW Championship. Big thanks to producer Troy doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Emmelman available online at Mark underscore Emmelman. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.